I think it's important to note that uh, fundamentals are also very strong. We've got a, a growing economy, uh, jobs, income. My administration has a job to do as well. And that job is to get this economy back on its feet. Now, first of all, I don't, I don't see America having problems. 25 years ago, I got ripped off with some whole life insurance. The only type of life insurance that you should have, in my opinion, is term insurance. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio. In three short years, our financial system has turned upside down, but we still hear the same rhetoric and are pushed into the same strategies. The Infinite Banking Concept is a proven system that will transform your financial future. Now here's your host, Patrick Donahoe. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this month's podcast. You're listening to Infinite Banking Radio. We have a, an amazing guest today. His name is uh, Barry Dyke. Barry Dyke is the author of The Pirates of Manhattan. And uh, his most recent book, The Pirates of Manhattan, uh, Highway to Serfdom. And uh, obviously that's a play on, uh, on, on F.A. Hayek's uh, Road to Serfdom, but in, in Hayek's uh, I guess expose. He he talks a lot about the the flawed ideology, uh, but Barry in his in his book talks about the actual players themselves. And so it's a it's a fascinating book, and it's a, it's an honor to have Barry with us today. Welcome, Barry. Good morning, uh, Patrick. Good morning. Thank you. So before we start, uh, please please visit our website for more information uh, about Infinite Banking and Paradigm Life. It's www.paradigmlife.net. You can also listen to our past podcast on iTunes, and uh, stay tuned for a couple new websites that we have coming up in uh, in the next few few months. So uh, so to kind of give an introduction to Barry, I Barry probably doesn't know this, but his his original book was was uh, was a huge inspiration uh, to me. I was exposed to it through. Uh, through Garrett Gunderson and, and Kim Butler, who are, are mentors of mine, and it hit me ironically at a at a perfect uh, at a perfect time, and it it changed how I uh, I looked uh, looked on and, and viewed economics. I have a, a degree in economics, and a lot of the professors in the the latter years of school were were very uh, neo Keynesian and, and pushed a a philosophy that I that I kind of un- I understood to an extent, but always had a a slight disagreement with. But I wasn't sure. I'm sure and I wasn't sure. What it was, and Barry's book uh, really hit home to me, and kind of set me off on this path of really di- discovering free market economics and the Chicago School and the Austrian School, and uh, has really changed my uh, changed my life in a, a manner of speaking. So, Barry, I'm, sh- I'm sure that my my story is is not unique to you. Uh, why don't maybe why don't you give us an idea of of what type of influence your your first book had on on advisors or just individuals in general? Because it's been out for about f- five years now, yeah, and and yeah. so it's. And, and so I'm sure you've had a number of people uh, purchase it. What has been your experience with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with, with its impact? Well, it's been overwhelmingly positive with, uh, with advisors, uh, with, uh, with good advisors and with consumers. Uh, as you know, Patrick, uh, before the book came out of May 2006 or 2007, when I actually was published, uh, I explained why banks run stable, why mutual funds will never work and never can work, and then... Uh, I look like Notre Dame because no kidding, the bank decided to implode, and the, all the mutual funds people lost thirty, forty percent of their net, um, net asset value during that time. So um, it's been over, overwhelmingly positive um, uh, in a lot of respects. Uh, but as you as you know, and you can uh, understand that the media really doesn't like me at all. 
I, I can imagine. I mean, I and, and I was, you know, as I was, I was, I was thinking about this about this podcast. You know, it made me reflect on a lot of the the documentaries that have existed. They talk a, a lot about the same the same thing. I mean, you, recently you've had quite a few because of the whole uh, market collapse, like you know the warning. Uh, there was there was a PBS PBS special, and he had uh, you know an inside job, and you know HBO produced this. They, they produced uh, too big to fail, which kind of went through the whole thing, and then you had IOUSA and and you know previous ones like Freedom to Fashion. You you've had a lot of these ideas out there, and it's it's interesting to me that they haven't really taken taken off. No, and, and they should. And uh, as I mentioned to you, you know uh, earlier uh, this morning, but. Uh, it could be uh, documented on pirates too. Uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense um, because the, the problem, uh, one of the best ones that which I saw was Inside Job, and I swear the guy had read my book when I saw it, uh, Charles Ferguson. But um, uh, it, it was a, it was a great job. But 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 the, but the tragedy of all these things, and, and I think you understand that now after reading Pirates too, is that no one, none of these folks, none of these movies explain where these folks get the money. Yeah. Uh, where, where Wall Street gets the money, and, and and the tragedy of the thing, as you know, Patrick, they get the money from regular old people, yep. and then uh, and they're with their four hundred one k's and their IRAs and so forth, and then of course they uh, also tap into the state pension fund. So um, it's the ultimate exploitation of other people's money. No, what's in, what's interesting? Well, first off, yeah, you could you couldn't have timed your first book better. I mean, it was. It, it came. It came. It came out. And it it exposed uh, exposed a lot of the the flaws in just the the traditional methodology, and then the and then the you know everything collapsed. The bot the bottom fell out. But what's interesting is you know with with people. I mean, you, you touch a hot a hot stove. You know the proverbial hot stove, and and you don't touch it again. But but individuals are are still doing doing the same thing. And, and a lot of what's interesting about your new book is. You you talk about the players. You talk about the money, the losses, the cr- the, the the literal crime, and the lack of lack of prosecution. And it all comes down to you know where where they get the money and how much money they're controlling. And that's the scary thing is it all comes from the American public. I mean, how do you how, has that always been the case, or has this kind of been a, a recent phenomenon where you've had these huge you know private equity firms and hedge funds controlling just trillions and trillions of dollars? It's uh, well, you know, it's 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 a um, it's been a glacial shift of power, really, from the the people who manufacture the, the financial products, i.e., the Goldman Sachs, the Morgan Stanley, if you will. Uh, it's been a glacial shift to the asset managers, which we're talking Fidelity, BlackRock, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and and those types of companies, Vanguard, and so forth. It's more about Patrick. It's more about the control of the money versus actually owning owning the money, and. Um, what really precipitated this, Patrick, was the shift of, um, you know, in 1980, roughly 83% of Americans had uh, defined, traditional defined benefit pension plans where all the investment risk has been really retained by the employer. That has essentially gone the exact opposite, where now 80% of the people are, are in 401ks, which you're, you're on your own capitalism, and only roughly about 20% of the people are in, have uh, traditional defined benefit pension plans, which are... Uh, under, you know, underwritten mostly by the states and uh, local governments, and then the federal governments, but they're all going to implode as well. So, um, but so you've actually had a, sh- a shift to really the investment risk really been <clears throat> accelerated by the collapse of the pension plans, and uh, so this so the money, people need to save, and so they've just captured all the savings. Well, I think there's a, there's a section of your book. I'm not I I can't remember when I, I I need I read it. I need to read it, you know, ten ten more times, but. 
there was a section there where you talked about the collapse of 2008 and the different companies and their you know deferred comp plans versus their defined benefit plans and you had all the you know the 30% losses the 35% losses and then on the other side you showed the gains inside the defined be- the defined uh, benefit plans the pension plans <laughs> of the same companies yeah well that's the whole thing so what do we actually have it's you know we actually have a new kind of a, a lead you know we have a plutocracy today <clears throat> where you know you essentially have the elites which would be with be the media and banking or or, 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 or or in finance and so forth making a huge chunks of dough and then you have the you know the, the unions and the public unions and so forth but what with the eye of the whole thing Patrick as you can see in the book is that uh, the, the elites i.e. The, the corporate CEOs and uh, or the Federal Reserve or, uh, or the banks they all take guaranteed um, uh, uh, products for themselves, where they throw everyone on and else under the bus, and their pro- and their profits all come from you know ma- managing managing that money, and, and that comes through putting people into speculative investments that typically lose. Yeah, and so what you have is so a great example would be let's look at General Electric. General Electric is the largest industrial company in America, and on December thirty first, uh, two thousand ten. Uh, GE terminated its pension plan for its salary for new salary employees entering into the the, um, the plan. So all they get now is to get a 401k, which is you know <laughs> you're on your own. Okay, the unions still have their pensions, but uh, but conversely, uh, GE executives, um, GE uh, as a company has the largest uh, corporate pension liability for executives of anyone in the world. So a guy like Jack Welch, who's a former CEO, he gets nine million dollars a year in pensions. I mean, I can't even comprehend that, Patrick. And that's mostly we, funded by fixed fixed instruments, not nothing speculative. Yeah, fixed instruments. See, well, essentially, three fixed instruments, whether it be uh, life insurance, annuity, uh, contracts, or uh, corporate balance sheets, or, or, or the shareholder. And uh, so it's uh, so there's no there's no uh, downsides for the corporate executives. And uh, but conversely, it's actually being drained uh, by the. About the shareholders and another interesting. I mean, there, there's a there's a couple of recurring themes in in your in the new book, the the highway to serfdom. Um, one of which one of which is this new, and I'm not sure it's that new, but it's it's become more popular. Which is this idea of, of target uh, target date funds and basically funds that you know they, they target a specific year in the future and somehow predict that you know the, the the fund will have money here and money here and money here so that you'll wind up with a good return by such and such date. And it, it, you you pick apart in a number of ways these types of funds, but it seems like you know the, these days people are very attracted to that. Uh, why do you think that is? It's all marketing. It's all hype. Uh, when you when you analyze it, and actually, by the way, if people go to my website www.thepartsmanhattan.com, under the free stuff tab, Patrick, I don't know if you've, you've looked at it, but I actually analyze. Uh, uh, a target date fund, which is this is now this is uh, I, I've submitted this up to the SEC and the Treasury Department, so it's all in the public domain. Uh, but the uh, target date fund, a, a collateralized debt obligation with, with treasures of debt, looks simple comparison to a target date fund. <laughs> these, these things are these things are so hard, so complex; they make my head hurt. <laughs> well, I know you that know, yeah, I, it's impo- and it's and I know you've made made po- you made points where. You know, not not even the ones that put them together or, or analyze them or, or talk about them from a regulatory standpoint or even from the companies themselves understand them. They don't. And the thing is, is that uh, and uh, people don't believe this. I, I include uh, research from the government GAO, the government Re- uh, accounting office, okay, which is which is a uh, 
you know, a nonpartisan uh, investigative uh, branch of the government, since this is the same thing which I'm saying. So uh, these things are, they have more moving parts than nu- nuclear aircraft carry. They have, <laughs> they have apparently more destructive power. And uh, and no one's talking about it. And, and, but uh, they reside in, you know, companies like Apple and CBS and and Best Buy and uh, and News Corporation and, and all these huge companies, and, and they're awful. And, um, and and the thing is that uh, they're so complex, no one can understand them. But you know, through lobbying, they're essentially a, a default investment for Americans today. It's tragic. Well, another thing, another thing, I guess, is another another recurring theme in, in the book is just the the talk about uh, the, the derivative market and how number one, how how massive massive it is, uh, who controls the market. And what role it played in the in the you know collapse in 2000, 2008, but how nothing has really been done to uh, to regulate it since. No, there isn't any regulations, and uh, you know, I, and I think I think credit default swaps, which which, which sunk AIG, uh, they, they, uh, they didn't even exist until like nineteen ninety seven, Patrick. Yeah. And so you have a uh, an industry today which uh, has covers us trillions, of, I don't know how many trillions of, uh, like $70 trillion in credit default swaps, only insuring like $7 trillion in assets. It, it's goofy. It, it's, it's speculation upon uh, speculation. And the last thing this country needs is more financial engineering. <laughs> but uh, but that's what a target date fund really is, and, uh, and these derivatives are. And uh, uh, and this will cause the AIG collapse, and let, let's see what happens to Greece. Uh, who, who knows if, they, if they're even going to work. Jeez. Well, no. I know that one one of the things that I, I I remember from the book is I was as I was reading and and it and, and it disturbs me because I I really have nothing wrong with with success. I mean I I praise people who have you know developed uh, technology or developed businesses or developed products and have done really well. Uh, but I was I, I think it was the was the BlackRock the BlackRock CEO. Uh, which is the, the yeah that he he had this this very luxurious birthday party and he had like some famous singer and 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 this was I think it was 2007 right when you know the, the market actually, thought what was, was actually, what was his name again? It was Stephen Schwartzman uh, from uh, not BlackRock but from Blackstone the pri- private equity firm. He okay. spent five million on his birthday party. <laughs> and didn't and didn't he and it lost what what was the loss that that court, that subsequent year? Well, the thing is, they went public in 2007. He made that uh, was. Five six hundred million in carried interest, uh, most of it at capital gains rate. So that that part was rigged. But and the share price, I don't know. Black Black uh, Stones went public in two thousand seven. Um, I don't think he's lost thirty percent of its market value. Jeez. But he made a bundle on it. And um, and the thing is, this is the financial engineering you see, and you know. In, in private equity, and this is how guys like Mitt Romney made their fortune. And um, in Bain, it's more financial yeah. engineering and, and, and exploitation of the tax code than making money. Yeah, and there's and there's uh, obviously not enough time to go into. I mean, there, the content of your book is is fascinating, and I, I think there there needs to be like a college course on it, just because of how how much information is is in there and what it really means. Because if you if you look at some of the key players and key businesses that just manage these these trillions and trillions of dollars of, of assets. Um, you look at the collapse of 2008 and what happened and the different lobbying that exists that allowed individuals to, to have a slap on the wrist, which, you know, wh- whether it's a, a fine, uh, but you never had any, any jail time. You, ne- you never had any, any prosecution. Uh, you had some small players, I mean, and you mentioned them in, in your book, but the major big players that really committed some atrocities 
Uh, there was there was a there was a slap on the hand, which typically gets passed down to to the in, the, the investor or shareholder anyway. But you had a slap on the hand, but nothing nothing further. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's it's it's, um, it's appalling, and and this is the whole thing. The the bottom line in this country today, you can launder billions into this. I talk about money laundering in the book. Yeah. <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, you can you can launder billions of dollars in Libya or Sudan or Somalia or, or Iran, or, uh, yeah, Iraq or Iran or whatever you know. Uh, in in this country, and um, no one goes to jail. And this is all you know. And I go through the, how the major banks uh, all do this, and uh, particularly European banks, which is shocking. And no one goes to jail. But if you, uh, <laughs> I mentioned that one guy who who was uh, who went had to do jail time for for taking a, a subprime mortgage, and not, but not. Uh, he actually, and actually, a guy actually went to jail because he took a subprime mortgage. Because he lied. Because he lied. He did you know stated or yeah. not? No. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Just little players like that. Those those are the those are the fall guys. Those little little in, insignificant individuals. And yeah. And so yeah. So I to make it a comparison, Patrick. You know, I you know what we're seeing today is really years ago the, the pharaohs had you know people sacrifice their lives to build pyramids in Egypt, and today they're having American sacrifice their savings to uh, uh, to build an empire and uh, so the 401k money is re- really being used to support the empire yeah and and obviously you know you look at the, the different fees associated with those types of funds and and I know that there's you know been some legislation recent recently that'll have more of a disclosure as far as the the fees are concerned but you know a, a percent or two percent on you know hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars that that puts a lot of uh, a lot of control in in a a select group of people's hands, and that's and it's and it's scary. Yeah, well, that, well that's when, well, the, <clears throat> the thing you figure out, uh, Patrick. Uh, what is it? What has it been done? Is it's really kind of like magic or sleight of hand, if you will. All the investment risks have been dumped onto the little guy, your listeners, okay, and all but and all the, uh, the the good stuff, the guaranteed income stream, the annuity stream, has uh, gone to the asset managers, and uh, so the, so the. The, the bankers and the asset managers get all the good stuff, and the, the little guy gets all the risk. And the little guy is the one that funds all the good stuff. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. And, and and people don't know it, you know, because you know you get into the, you know the. Uh, the media control. Well, another another I guess one of these one of these themes, which was. Uh, which was surprising to me because I knew because I knew about it, but obviously you know knowing the, knowing the key players uh, r- really uh, you know it irritated me. But looking at the the financial services lobbying that goes on in uh, in Washington D.C., um, maybe maybe talk a little bit about that and how how powerful that that group is. I was even shocked. Uh, you know, it's. Uh the, the you know it's it's huge and the people the only way really to do is is to get the book but uh, uh, but to give uh, the people an example and I guess General Electric would be the best one um, because although the, it's actually GE is actually the largest it's GE is actually uh, an unregulated lender which also happens to sell aircraft engines and nuclear reactors and, and refrigerators uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, GE uh, you know because because you know. Thirty to uh, most of the GE's profits, profits are, are lending. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, GE, I think, spent um, thirty-nine uh, million in, in lobbying in, in two thousand and ten. And you know how much the, the GE paid in taxes in two thousand and ten? It was zero. Didn't they get a credit? 
Yeah, they get a $3.2 billion credit. So <laughs> you and I paid more federal taxes, Patrick, than GE did. They got paid and, to do it. Oh, geez. You know, and so uh, it is that time of the year. So the, the fact of the matter is lobbying so strong that you have companies like General Electric or Boeing or uh, or Bank, Bank of America, I call them Shank of America, or, or Citigroup. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, and some of the oil companies are in there, too. They paid no taxes. Yeah. So essentially, you know, uh, what, what they've done through lobbying, and it's been massive in the financial area. Um, so the, you know, the bill of the Goldman Sachs and the Morgan Stanley's and all, and Allied Financial, which is the old GMAC, by the way. Yep. Um, so all these companies, which wouldn't exist without the government uh, uh, bailout, um, a lot of them don't pay any taxes. So it's it, it, so what has happened is that the uh, uh, it's so strong. So you have you know where it's very favorable to the banks. Then on the other hand, we have these mutual fund uh, asset managers lobbying for these target date funds which are now a default investment through lobbying. They don't make sense to anybody, but they're still, but they're still uh, the default investment. And this it's obviously is, yeah, that's obviously what, I mean, it's what, it, what plays into, you know, what, what the media is calling now is, you know, is corporatism or, or crony crony capitalism but I, I think and, and that's the thing is I think there is some there is some exposure of what's uh, of what's going on um, because I, I know that there was this whole you know a couple couple months ago there was this whole insider insider trading deal with with Congress and and uh, you know different congressional assistants were you know charging ten thousand dollars a head for hedge fund managers to go in and and uh, and talk with congressmen or, or politicians I mean there there has been some exposure do you think that's a I mean, what, what, what's your take on what's your take on that? That the media no, is no, covering no. some of that. Well, you know, most of the stuff is you know, as, as I expose in the book, the media is really <clears throat> in bed with these with a lot of these clowns. And, um, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that the media survives because they you know they're getting you know funds from you know the banks and the asset managers, uh, people who run four hundred one k. So there's really no been no. And uh, yes, they have uh, they had the new congressional thing, which I was even shocked. I didn't even know Patrick that they could trade on inside information. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I had no idea of that stuff. I was, I was appalled. But uh, no, because they, I, they, I remember seeing. I, I think I read it or saw it. It was they would get out of a hearing and they would go right to their right to their brokerage account and make and make trades. I mean, it, it was just plain, plain as day. And you'd think that would make the you know the the this population irate, but. I haven't heard a lot recently about it, and nobody went to no, jail. Nobody was, and they probably still haven't. They haven't even done. They haven't passed anything. They haven't passed any type of legislation that, that inhibits that or prevents that. No, and and, and and that's that's the problem. You know, a lot of the things, Patrick, which we talk about, the, the derivative problem. Um, you know, the overleveraged banking uh, uh, balance sheets. Um, the really non-existent regulation. And I'm a free market guy, but we, we're not having. It's just, uh, but this is not free market. This is really socialism for the rich. So no, well, you uh, mentioned the the whole idea of plutocracy, and that's yeah, and that's and, and it's and it's scary because they're they're making more and more money. They're getting more and more bonuses, but yet the American, you know, the American public is getting poorer, poorer and poorer. Yeah, and you talk about you know, like it doesn't matter public record now is that you know well. Uh, Private equity, which is you know uh, where Mitten made his fortune. I mean, the guy Leon Black who ran um, just disclosed the other day he made like 104 million in 2011, 
And uh, the guys from uh, Colbert, Kravitz, and Roberts, they made like 104, 105 million each at capital gains rates on, on partnerships, on managing other people's money. It, it's just, it's just, it just makes it, you know, it, it's, it, it, to me, it's just, uh, and I'm, hey, I'm not all for capital gains, but managing other people's money, come on. I wish I got that, you know, <laughs> but we don't. Well, but there should know. be, yeah, there should be some sort of standard of performance, and then. You get, you get taxed if you uh, if you make money for people, but if you don't, you pay not anyway. So I I think there's you know obviously that's uh, you know that's a big big part of your book is is talking about you know the coercion the uh, collusion between you know the media and government and and, and Wall Street. Um, but to a further extent, maybe we'll touch on this for a few minutes and then end. But one thing that really surprised me and and it's and I don't it, it's shocking. Uh, but to see how many of the individuals that would get into whether it's CFTC positions or SEC uh, positions <laughs> and then stay there for a couple of years and then walk out the door. I, I think there was one where there was an SEC guy that like prosecuted uh, some bank and and, you know, find them. And they they lost, you know, the bank lost in court. But then the next week, wasn't he work? He was working for them, wasn't he? I mean, it was yeah, just it's, yeah. these guys just go in for a couple years into these you know regulatory bodies and get you know get the contacts and then they exit and then represent the contacts. Oh yeah, well I, you know I'm here in the Northeast, so so Patrick, so it's it's it's, uh, it's the revolving door on steroids. So you generally have these people that go to these you know, you know high end, uh, very wealthy prep schools, whether it be Andover, Exeter, you know. Or whatever to show whatever the case may be. Then they go to Ivy League academia, and then they go to banking, then they go to the government, then they go to maybe regulator, and then they go back into banking again. It's just around and around and around. And um, yeah, and you see that time and time again. But the, the it's a revolving door with the SEC and the asset management business, particularly the mutual fund industry, and with the uh, with uh, like Finra, which is a, the self regulator. And, uh, and and now Mary Shapiro, who's a lawyer, is now the head of the SEC. And it's you know, Finra didn't do a very good job, and SEC is not doing a good job. But they're all making money. <laughs> no. no, it's Anyhow. yeah, and, it, and it's like I said, it's 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 scary. And I think I think the book, you know, it does it does kind of you know get incite incite some some fear and, and concern if there wasn't enough already. Um, but he, but I guess kind of to end, you know, I think. I read a book this year called uh, The Rational Optimist, and you know I, I listened to a, a talk on YouTube by by Ted the other day. The other day that, that talked about the same idea. I mean, I think I think human beings, in a sense, are, are resilient, and uh, e- even though we, we have all of this going on, I think the information and the idea behind it is being more and more exposed. And the and the mission that you're that you're on to to get a lot of this information out there, uh, and there's others a, as well. I think the more you have that, the more of this information is is going to uh, help individuals have a, a a better perspective about what's going on and start to do certain things to to stop it. And and I'm not sure exactly what those are. I think one is just you know stop contributing to to the problem by you know continually investing money in things you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, but at the same time, I I think. People, people see it, and, I, and the individuals that I talk to, and I'm sure you talk to as well. 
you, you give them an idea that you know this might not be the best place for for your money, and they're they listen and they're more open to that. In 2007, forget about it. I mean, it, it, 2007 it was like pulling teeth, but nowadays I think people are starting to see the writing on the wall, and hopefully their withdrawal from these different programs will will help solve the problem. And I know that you have a whole section to be, at the back. Uh, or the end of the, your book that talks a lot about certain things that people can do uh, to, to to help the problems. So maybe why don't, you, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> obviously, you know, it, it just, we have to at least have a spiritual or intellectual revolution at the very least. But uh, you know, essentially, getting you know, you know, build yourself spiritually. You know, you know, focus on quality, all that type of thing. Uh, but then they also, you know, get into really, you know, uh, investing in yourself, small businesses as well. You know, um, whatever the case may be. But I tell people, you know, preservation of capital is um, a key thing, um, and I've been I've had the uh, blessing to work with a lot of very wealthy people, Patrick. And none of these folks want to lose their money. They work they work so hard to get their money; they don't want to lose it. So, again, I suggest using life and annuity products because, you know, the life companies, you know, are uh, are not levered. Um, they have a much superior track record to uh, than banks or the mutual fund companies ever will. Um, so. You definitely want to do that, and I and I prove it in the research in my book. This is where the Federal Reserve and the banks and uh, corporate executives put a lot of their own money. So this is so I'm saying we have to have you know, preservation of capital. We have to really look at which which is the best thing for our families, and you know life insurance is it just it's a, it's a it's a it's a economic power tool, as you know, and. Um, and then, so you know, we got to get to back to the basics of saving. We, you know, we don't need any more debt. We don't need any more uh, financial innovation. Um, none of this stuff goes anywhere. So we got to get back to the basis of saving and using things like insurance products. And you know, and I'm not against investments, but you know, you got to pick your own stocks. You should do your research. Index funds are okay, but really, I'm just trying to get people to put seatbelts around their money. And I think a lot of that just comes with with education. And these days, you know, with with the chaotic lives that that we all live, with so many things going on, with family and kids and work and church and school, I mean, it's it it becomes kind of a um, a, a chore to be able to educate yourself financially. But at the end of the day, you're you know, you, you spend the majority of your time working for for mo- for money and knowing how it works and knowing what to do with it should be a, a critical part of you know p- part of your studies and a part of your life and and I think that individuals recognize that now and it's it's easier to find information and put it on audiobook or or uh, have your computer or or videos or things of that nature that make it a lot easier to to study and learn um, but hope but hopefully I mean the the mission the mission stays true and hopefully this message gets out there I'm gonna do my best to get your to get your book out to, to our listeners um, not just not just your second one but your first one as well and, and you're and you're uh, you're writing a new one too. Not not just you exclusively, but with a couple of uh, other authors, correct? Yeah, well, I, I, I definitely want to get this one, push this out the door, and get the launch this successfully. And, and I'm, I'm confident will, and then possible documentary. But I, I really, my heart's in the. Uh, I have actually have two others in the icebox. One about the private equity business where I call him Schmidt and Romney made his money, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and then uh, which which is, is and by the way, in, in the back of the book, I don't know if you've seen it, Patrick. I have a little appendix about it because. The media industry and private equity are totally interwoven. Oh yeah, and you, yeah. you have to understand that. And there's been a number of failures, which the media does not report about itself in private equity and leverage bios. 
but I, then another one which I really want to uh, dedicate myself to is the student loan academic complex because that's the next step prime. It's a it's a one trillion dollar bomb and it's out there and, and it's a, it's a it's tsunami and it's going to come in. I don't know when, but it will come in. You know, it's it's one trillion and growing, and that's and that's what's scary. And I I, I don't know if it was uh, I think it was this month, but uh, our our president is everybody should go to college, and and obviously that implies not everybody can afford college. But hey, here's here's a loan, and 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 you can you can afford it. And then when you graduate, you're gonna have all this liability and and hardly any income to support that liability. And that's and that's another thing that's scary. It's 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 what what caused the the crash of 2008 is people mortgaging their homes with think with mortgages they couldn't afford now they're mortgaging their education getting a job that's not going to be able to afford the payments on that loan so it's it's a scary <laughs> you think we would you think we would learn but but you're right i think that's a bubble that's uh, that's coming down the pipeline as well yeah it is it's definitely it's definitely going to happen i just did one of my daughter's best friends she Spent I think uh, over two hundred thousand uh, getting an education at one of Boston's finest universities. Two hundred thousand, and now she's working as an A&E. So, uh, so there you are. At, well, uh, yeah, I had a I have a buddy that I I uh, grew up with. <clears throat> he went to, he went to Columbia and got you know graduated with honors in in architecture. It's like several hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, and now he's a, a stunt double on uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> so it does he does really good, but at the same time, it's you know to what you know. Anyway, I, mean, I, I think the point was made, but but uh, but yeah. So so Barry, thank you so much for for being on. We'll we'll definitely have you on in the next couple months to maybe discuss uh, a lot of these a lot of the other issues that are going on that you that you do an amazing job of documenting and portraying in uh, in your book. Uh, but go go get Barry's uh, first and second book. You can you can do that by visiting his website which is the pirates of Manhattan dot com and we'll also have uh, links on our blog and also on the the podcast feed Uh, so Barry it was a pleasure to have you thank you so much again and we'll talk to you soon thank you Patrick